Your spirit is the eternal part of you where you inherently know that you were created for a purpose. It's a place in you where you hear from God. It's the space you access within to receive wisdom. It's the source of your gut feelings and the author of your intuition. In today's episode, we're chatting about all things spiritual health and how to cultivate your faith from wherever you're at in your journey. Are you in a season where you're longing for more? Desiring inner peace, hoping for more authenticity in relationships. Perhaps you're feeling unsettled inside, like you know that God is calling you deeper, higher, and further than you've ever gone before. You are ready for change and it's time for something to shift. But what is it? What's been missing? My name is Amber Todd. I am a Christian counselor, and I believe that you were never meant to live a disconnected, segmented life. You were created for connection, deep, authentic healing connection. First, within yourself, because your mental, physical, and spiritual health is interconnected. This is why I love collaborating with doctors and like-minded holistic practitioners who honor God's design for our whole being to function and operate in harmony. Life Interconnected Podcast is an intentional space you can come to every week to receive encouragement, hope, and a fresh perspective on your internal world so that you better understand your thoughts and emotions and how to live a connected life. Join this movement of mindful believers who desire to grow in our faith and cultivate a holistic approach to health and wellness. Subscribe to the podcast today and share it with your friends. Welcome to Life Interconnected. At the age of 19, I was going through a lot of doubt. You know, my family had just been through a really difficult year filled with tragedy and loss. I was questioning God. I was a really young Christian. I'd only been a believer for about a year. And I really honestly doubted if God was real. It just felt like if he was real, why was my family experiencing so much suffering and I couldn't do anything about it? And I remember praying and asking God to show me a sign. Lord, just show me if you're real, if this whole Jesus thing is real, if Christianity is this path to life, I need to know who you really are. And that morning I drove to church on my own and had a beautiful experience at the service and a time of worship. And I was driving back home in my Honda Accord, my first car, I had my Bible on my seat next to me and my cell phone. And on the way home, going on a main road about 40 miles an hour, all of a sudden out of nowhere, I saw a Ford F-250 truck flying over the hill to the right. And it was one of those roads where there was a hill and then an immediate stop sign that he had. I did not have a stop sign. I was on a main road and I didn't even really have a chance to react. All of a sudden he hit me. He was going at least 40 miles an hour, hit my passenger side. All I remember is my car starting to spin in every direction and something supernatural happened next. I literally felt the tangible presence of God come around my entire body. It was almost as if an angel covered me from head to toe while my car was spinning. And as soon as my car stopped spinning, 
I realized I had landed in a ditch on the opposite side of the road facing the opposite direction. And within seconds, I heard cars flying by me. You see, where I was hit was also towards the bottom of a hill of the busy road I was on. So the fact that I landed in a ditch got me out of the way from traffic that didn't see me. And to be honest, I had this moment where I realized I was alive. I looked down and my entire windshield to the right was completely busted out. My cell phone that had been right next to me flew to the back of my car along with my side view mirror and all the glass. My hair was covered in glass, I had glass all over my scalp and my clothes. And I looked down checking, feeling to see if anything was broken or injured. So everything that was next to me went to the back of my car. But I looked down and I immediately noticed that my Bible had landed right in front of me between my gear shift and my stereo, wedged perfectly in place. And then I looked at my hands and there were only two pieces of glass that pierced my entire body that day. And each of those pieces of glass was in the middle of each of my palms with just a small dot of blood. That was it. And I was quickly reminded of the cross and what Jesus did to die for me. And that he, in that moment, spoke so deeply in my heart, Amber, I am real. I am here with you. I protected you. My word is real. You can trust me. I want to know you more deeply. I jumped out of my car and immediately ran over to the man who had hit me. He was still sitting in his truck. He had been hunting that day. I suspect looking back that he may have been intoxicated, but honestly, I wasn't even thinking about that because I was so happy to be alive. And I started talking to him about Jesus and started telling him how God had answered my prayer, that in that moment, the Lord washed away all my doubt. And I knew that I knew deep in my heart that God is real and that he met me in a profound way that day and he intervened to protect me. And it sparked and ignited something in me that I've carried for the rest of my life that I know even in the face of doubt, even in the face of trials, even in the face of things that don't make sense, God is always with me. He loves me deeply and he wants to know me intimately. And I began to even more deeply unpack and uncover what does it mean to nourish my spirit? What does it mean to cultivate my relationship with God? Because I couldn't just rely on my feelings. And I started realizing that my spiritual life had more to do with than just going to church and having a quiet time and listening to worship music. I wanted to know God deeply, authentically, and in a real way. And that day, he made his presence known in a way that I can never deny. And from there, he started me on this journey of really learning about these different parts of me and how to cultivate my faith on a deeper level. And this brings me to point number one today. I want you to understand that there are three parts of you. You have a mind, you live in a body, and you are spirit. You see, your spirit is your truest essence. 
it's the part of you that purely and completely reflects the image of God. I believe all human beings are made in the image of God. It's your highest self. It's your Imago Dei. You know, we are made in the image of our creator, so we reflect him in our triune nature. And so I'm always fascinated by observing babies around that transition at two months. Because, you know, when a baby's first born, they seem sort of out of it sometimes. You know, they're kind of always looking around. They can't quite engage. They're obviously totally dependent on us as adults, as parents. But there's something that happens at two months And those of you who are parents are going to know what I'm talking about. The baby starts to engage. They start to make eye contact and they start to smile. It's as if your baby is looking into your soul and truly seeing you for the first time. I believe this is when their spirit becomes fully engaged and awakened. And it's just a practical example of the connection and the sinking of the mind, body, and spirit. And so because we are spirit and our true essence, our desire and how God intended it is for us to live from that place of our spirit. Yes, we're confounded to this human body. You know, Jesus set the ultimate example that this is possible because God came in flesh on earth to walk among among us in the form of Jesus. And he did that to show us what it looks like to have this ongoing commune with the father, this intimate relationship with our creator. Jesus, even being God himself, was dependent on the father. Jesus had to get away with the father. Jesus went up to the hill to pray. He he took breaks from the crowds. He went to the quiet place because he knew that he utterly needed God. He needed his father. And he also had a mind, right? He had a personality. We all have our own minds. We all have our own personalities. And as a baby, we're born in this most pure, innocent form. And yet within hours and days and weeks and months and years, we begin to be affected by the world. We start to become disconnected. We start to become segmented. This is point number two. Why do we disconnect? Well, it's because life can be hard. We go through trials. There is a loss. There is suffering. We live in a fallen world. We were meant for the garden. We were meant for Eden. And yet because of the fall, because of sin, we live in a fallen world here on earth. And so we endure trauma and we try to cope the best we can to get through it. But the reality is suffering, trials, and trauma impact our system. And our system becomes a burden with core pain. And in order to cope with that pain, we do usually one of a few things. We can disassociate, meaning we escape from the pain. We ignore the pain. We can stuff the pain, pretend as if it's not there. Especially those of you who felt like there was no space in your house to not be okay. If you had to put on a certain front, a certain image, a certain... um, experience and that it wasn't okay to be upset or angry or sad or to disagree. You disassociated to do that. It wasn't that you didn't feel those things. You had to disassociate with them. And when it comes to trauma, God made our brains to, in essence, hold on to trauma for our sake because we cannot function day to day and feel the weight of our trauma. But that was meant to be a temporary response. 
you know, you've heard me talk before about the importance of tending to our emotions, to tending to these deep burdens, because when we don't, it's almost like that segmented layer of the earth inside of us. We begin to have these layers of pain and burden and trauma and suffering. And then we're just coping in the way we live life. And I describe it as some people who I interact with, I feel like are living from the neck up. I can tell that they're not in their body. They're not connected with their core pain. They haven't processed their trauma and they're just living from their head. And it makes sense, right? Sometimes we don't know how to do this. We were not given these tools. We don't know how to go through and process our pain. We don't know how to go through and release our trauma. We don't even realize that we're carrying generational patterns. And when that happens, it affects our spirit because our spirit is supposed to be the place where we are living from this truest, highest self. And our spirit is pure. Our spirit is untaintable. It's the place in you that no one can change, no pain can touch, but the burdens that you carry and the wounds that you carry can take over your system, meaning that you no longer are able to freely live from that spirit part of you. You're living from the wounded part. You're living in cycles of self-sabotage. You're repeating patterns because you don't know how to access that truest part of you. Because here's the thing, it's always there. It's never left you. Every single human is made in the image of God. All of us have access to this place of our spirit, but we have tried to get through our lives in a way that felt sustainable and doable, which is often by suppressing and compartmentalizing our pain. And I see this all the time as a counselor, hope deferred makes the heart sick. I see people who come in with emotional and psychological symptoms as the presenting problem. But when I start to dig into how are you sleeping? What's going on in your physical health? Do you have GI issues? Are you having chronic issues of stress? Right? When I start to uncover the physiological symptoms, it's because I believe that the emotional pain has made them physically sick. And there's absolutely a connection. And so as an integrative holistic counselor, I'm putting these pieces together and saying, yes, let's tend to the heart pain, but oh my goodness, we also need to tend to the physiological symptoms and we need to start to nourish your spirit. Because I believe that nourishing your spirit is one way that you can actually start to overcome and tend to your emotional and psychological and physical pain. And as I talked with Dr. Harmon last week in episode five, You know, we addressed how our spiritual and emotional pain can literally impact our health and cause disease. And so if that is true, we need to be aware of the health of our spirit because God gave us this beautiful place inside of us that reflects his image that can actually minister to the wounded, broken, hurting parts of us. And I want you to think about it like this. It's as if Jesus in you Christ in you is ministering to the parts of you that are wounded. And so it's as if God through the Holy Spirit can go back to that little girl who feels abandoned or go back and tend to that little boy who feels left out or like not enough. And he can start to speak truth and he can start to remind that part of you of who you really are. And this is how I view internal family systems. This is how I approach counseling. You don't need anything outside of you because God is in you and you have everything you need in you. 
Yes, it's helpful to have support people and counselors and friends and fellowship. And we'll talk about those things. But first, I want you to be empowered that Christ in you can overcome anything else that's going on in your system. This is why we need to tend to our hurt and pain, especially in our relationship with God. And I'm just going to name it, okay? There are a lot of us who have been wounded and hurt by the church. We've had bad experiences in the church. We've been disappointed by leadership. Maybe we've been hurt by a pastor. Maybe someone who mentored us misrepresented God. And it was very confusing. And unfortunately, sometimes we then attach our image of God to that experience in the church. Or I'm going to take it a step further to your experience with your father. If you had a hard relationship with your father or he didn't accurately represent God or didn't represent unconditional love or didn't fully give you a safe space to be known, you may be viewing God through that lens. And I'm going to give you an example. In early marriage before Nate and I had kids, you know, we were in a season where we were struggling financially and it was the first time in my life I could not pay all my bills. And I remember just like sobbing one day on my bedroom floor. Like, God, why are you not providing? Like, here I am. I was working so hard at a, as a victim advocate, making barely any money at a nonprofit, feeling like I was pouring out my heart and soul, and here I couldn't pay my bills. And I very clearly, as I was laying on the floor that day, I heard the voice of God say, Amber, you know Jesus as Savior, and you know Holy Spirit as Helper, but you do not know me as Father. And I just began to weep because I knew he was right. I love Jesus with all my heart. I had this intimate relationship and dialogue with the Holy Spirit all the time. But when it came to viewing God as Father, that was hard. I had a hard time trusting that God would provide for me. I had a hard time believing that all my needs would be met. Therefore, I always had a backup plan. I would say, yes, God, I trust you. Yes, God, I'm doing this in faith. But I had several other things I would do just in case God didn't come through. And in that season, the Lord started really teaching me about what it meant to trust him as father, that he was a good provider, that he was for me, that he was a safe place. And he began to really help me heal some of my father wounds that I had in my relationship with God. And that is partly how we start to reconnect. That is how we start to heal. That is how we start to do this work, both spiritually mentally, emotionally, and physically. And this is point number three. How do you reconnect when you feel like your spirit is malnourished? Well, I believe one goal for living an emotionally healthy life is to learn to live from your spirit and not from your wounded parts. So you have to become conscious of that. What wounded parts are you living from? And that example I just gave When it came to finances, I was living from this wound of lack. Like there's never going to be enough. I can't rely on anyone to provide for me and I have to do it all myself. But then at the same time, I was saying, oh God, I believe you. Like I have faith, you'll provide. But really my actions were showing that I didn't have faith. I actually had a lot of fear around there not being enough. And when I realized that I was able to tend to that wounded part, I was able to work through that in counseling. I was able to, to process that with Nate. And begin to operate out of this place of confessing with my mouth, as Dr. Jackson said, confessing with my lips, God, I do believe you. You are a good provider. Look at the birds in the air. Look at the fields. None of them lack anything they need. 
And yet here I am as your child, believing that you won't provide. Help me, God. Give me faith to believe that you will provide for me. I begin to confess and believe from my spirit. I also begin to nourish my spirit. And this is simple. It comes down to the spiritual disciplines. This is how we nourish our spiritual life. I'm going to name some things that are really practical. Are you ingesting? Are you absorbing scripture? That is a way that you can nourish your spirit. What does your prayer life look like? Are you cultivating ongoing dialogue and conversation with God? Are you engaging in worship? I love sometimes when I'm just in a funk or having an off day, I love just putting on worship for the kids and I to listen to. And it just lifts my mood. It lifts my spirit. Are you sharing about God? Are you sharing about the things he's done in your life? Are you testifying to his goodness and his faithfulness and his provision, giving him glory? Are you serving others? Are you using your gifts? Fasting, not just from food, maybe from social media, maybe from something that's robbing your time. Is it Netflix binging? Is it scrolling? Is it things that aren't fruitful? Are you taking silence and solitude? You know, (laughs) silence is a spiritual discipline. I think a lot of us don't know how to be still. As a counselor, I've sort of mastered the art of silence. Because if I wait long enough, someone will share. I, I personally love journaling. It's a great way that I interact with God. I will often ask God a question and then just sit in silence and wait for the spirit to speak to me. I'll just say questions like, God, how do you see this? Or Lord, how do you see me? And just wait and listen for that still small voice. And that's really how I first started learning to hear from God. I would just practice. I would practice learning what's the difference between hearing God's voice and my voice. And sometimes God's voice sounds like my voice because it's coming from my spirit. And as we see in Romans 8, God, God's spirit testifies to, to our spirit. That's where we hear from him. So as you practice, you'll learn and get to know that. God's voice is not condemning. He's not shaming. He's a good, kind father who shepherds his children through gentleness and love. That's how you can know it's him. He does sometimes bring correction and conviction for sure, but it's more invitational, not not condemning. I love meditation meditating on God's truth, meditating on um, scripture or a declaration or phrase that is encouraging me, just sitting in silence before God. I love to commune with nature, creation. As I said, I have grown up on a lake and I always love being by the water and just sitting in stillness and hearing the leaves and the wind, just seeing the ripples in the water feeling the breeze on my cheek. It nourishes my spirit. Fellowship. We need fellowship with other believers. You know, we are called to encourage one another and build one another up. I believe that as we do that, it truly helps us to walk our race when we realize we don't need to do it alone. And Sabbath is one of my favorite disciplines that our family practices every week. We've been doing it for seven years. 
We've been honoring Sabbath with a group of five families. I think we have 17 kids among us and we gather for a meal um, every Saturday evening. We read liturgy, we fellowship, we encourage one another, we pray for one another. Sometimes, honestly, we just laugh. We just have fun together. Whatever it takes to nourish your spirit, I want you to think about any of those things that feel like it lit a spark in you or a desire and start to think about how you can build up your spiritual life. So here's a big idea for today. The health of your internal world impacts your ability to live fully from your spirit. By cultivating emotional health and nourishing your spirit, you'll be more free to live in a way that glorifies God and is aligned with his design for for you to thrive. And so if this is true, how do we access the state of our internal system? Well, sometimes it can feel subjective. So I've actually created a tool to help you create more awareness. I call it the pulse check. It's just a quick assessment to look at the state of your mental, physical, and spiritual health to see if you can identify any patterns and determine the area of need to focus on next. I do this with my clients to help us measure growth and just to process our progress. It's actually available for you to download in the show notes today, and you can start taking the next step towards nourishing each part of your being. So here's what I want you to reflect on this week. What is the current state of your spiritual health? Are you carrying any emotional wounds that are getting in the way of connecting with God? And what is the next step you can take to nourish your spirit? Here's a sneak peek for Thursday's episode. We are going to be talking about the connection between the natural and the spiritual realm. On Thursday, you will get to hear from a mentor, life coach, and pastor, Rob Stoppard. He is the founder of Destiny Unlimited, and he has believed in me from day one. He's been one of those older men in my life who has championed what I do and given me many opportunities to learn and grow from his wisdom and experience. Rob and I have actually created many tools together and resources as well as facilitated personal growth workshops when we both lived in Pennsylvania. Rob has so much wisdom. He is truly gifted in teaching complex spiritual principles in a way that's easy to understand. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for sharing the space with me today. I want you to know that God sees you. You are loved, valued, and important. If this podcast helped you, it would mean so much if you could hit subscribe, leave a review, and text or post a screenshot with your friends who can join our mindful movement of believers. Let's live intentionally as God designed life to be interconnected. I'm cheering for you. We are in this together, and I look forward to next time.